Official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, craft brews and geek news. Sit back, pour yourself a pint, and let's get into it. Now, here's the founder of the Brewmasters Club and your host, Donnie Gallagher. We kind of just were talking about this, but what is the um, Clearwater native? You're a veteran commercial brewer. What brought you here? I was fortunately um, referred to Richard Gonsmart uh, and invited to be a part of this project. It intrigued me, uh, his passion for the idea of resurrecting Tampa Heights as a community. That, uh, taking a building that was in total disrepair and distress, yet simultaneously had such a wealth of history behind it. The site having five natural springs, the uh, building being a pump station, uh, you factor in all the uh, significance of the pre-Western man uh, arc- artifacts that have been found here. Very cool. You know, so you, you, you look at all this and encompass it together in one package, and he explains to me his his image, his vision, his idea of Princess Eulalie and who she was, and she really was a real person, and 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 what it can, what her story can do to infuse the spirit of the city of Tampa. And it just ignited me. And, and so I was able to take all of his passion and try to deliver it into a fresh, handcrafted, pure lager beer. Uh, something that no other you know, craft brewer is doing regularly in the area. It's one of the more picturesque breweries you could ever imagine. <laughs> I would like to say it's one, it, one thing that my friend, the chief marketing officer, Michael Kilgore, likes to say. And that is... This is a destination location. Absolutely. 100%. People come out to Eulalie and they experience this awesome restaurant with our 10-foot barbacoa grill, our dry-aged steaks, uh, our outstanding seafood selections. Chef Eric Lackey is unsurpassed in his ability. And they also see the Riverwalk on the yeah. most majestic view vantage point of, of the Hillsborough River. Oh, it's fantastic. Just outside of Tampa, uh, downtown. And, and, and the fact that you've got this matching of private and public funds coming together at such a pinnacle of a moment in our history, right. to be allowed uh, allowed to be a part of that prospect process is a privilege. Absolutely. Expand on the destination part, because you um, I know that you, you don't keg, you don't distribute, we don't leave this building with beer, pretty much. The long-term plan, ultimately, will be to roll out the keg, so sure. when, the, when the time is right. Um, right now, our goal and objective is to uh, absolutely perform the best that we can and execute at, at, within the restaurant and brewery to get through the first year. You know, we want to see some of the Canadians come down and taste our beers and, and, and build business within our own local community. The whole idea behind the founding of Eulalie was to get the community involved. Uh, these are things that have been absent from this area for a very long time. 
and this, to be able to uh, plant that seed, it, 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 in my opinion, long term, hopefully in, in, in my lifetime, we'll be able to see the seeds of prosperity begin sure. to, to sprout. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And talking about history and the rich, um, I see you guys got a couple more barrels here from yeah. Patron. So I guess Richard came back with those, huh? He's, uh, yeah, he, they took a special trip down to Mexico. They have special ordered five more additional. Yeah, all right. You know, each barrel is, uh, it, it holds between 330 and 350 individual bottles of tequila. So we are able to have the distiller uh, bottle the product as a signature barrel uh, series, yeah. which we then can sell not only here at Eulalie, but at, at, at the Gonsmart family's uh, Columbia, Columbia restaurant. Right. And uh, when, uh, we do the same thing with bourbon as well. I, I, our, our brand ambassador, Keith Sedita, has just uh, returned from recently from Kentucky and visiting the Heaven Hill Distillery and the Nine Creek and a few other places. <laughs> Those barrels are great because they deliver signature flavor different it's unique yeah. certainly and the other difference is is that i take uh, unlike a lot of brewers i don't like to ferment in barrels i don't like i think i happen to think that malolactic fermentation in 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 barrels in most cases with most beers that i produce uh creates an undesirable effect so what I do is I take the cold barrel in, in storage and I fill the barrel with finished lager and I allow it to age under cold conditions, which is prevent, uh, it prevents harmful bacterial contamination while at the same time just delivers the goods. With right, the, <laughs> the goods. With the distilled spirit essence, the essence of the tannins of the wood. Whether it's American, Hungarian, or French oak, it's delicious. It just sounds Thank delicious. <laughs> Thank you. New beers, uh, new beers in the in the works. What's on the horizon? Uh, well, you know, I I'm a minimalist by nature, but ever since I've opened Ulele Brewery, I've had the same uh, horde of people come and ask me for IPA. And since I don't traditionally, I do brew ales right. uh, on occasion, but since it's not a normal um, beer style that I like to produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a wonderful pale lager on tap already called Waterworks Pale Lager that's finished with New Zealand hops. But what I was thinking about would be an India pale lager, something uh, significantly stronger, assertively hopped. But I don't, I'm, I don't particularly care for the uh, IPAs that have strong astringent finishes. Uh, if, if I'm going to deliver those hops and that uh, the, the IBUs, I really like to have them at the be- at, at the, the middle floral, of the boil. Just keep it there and then let it. It's the challenge with hops, especially when they have a high alpha acid, is what time do you add them during the boil? What form do you add them? Do you go fresh hop, pelleted, club, right. pelletized, um, and how long do you cook the beer to allow those flavors to come together? Yeah. And the key would be to take the uh, uh, individual selections of hops and instead of trying to create a single-minded type of flavor profile to create a fusion of these hops that allows for balance and drinkability. I heard you talking about that inside of it. It's all about balance and being able to drink the beer. I think it's uh, a, a term that part. it's a term that craft brewers tend to snort with a little bit of derision at. They they hear people speak of balanced beers and they think of the large brewers. 
since when did they uh, steal that term? You know, I, I think it's okay for us as craft brewers to be honest with ourselves and say, what does it take to deliver the best beer to the tap? Is it, can we ask ourselves or if we make this barley wine that's single hopped and 100 IBUs that every person that walks in the room, are they going to really love it? Are they just saying that they love it? Right. Are they just going to say they love it and order one? Or do you want them to have two or three? So these are questions I ask myself all the time, and I'm, con- I'm consistently kicking my own tire. But ultimately, an IPL is in the works right now, Fantastic. and I'm, cur- I'm also currently working on something special for the summer. Excellent. That's great info. No, I'm, and I'm an IPA guy, so an IPA. Actually, I, I prefer IPLs because they're, they're a little easier to drink. You know, I love a good IPA when it kicks your, your taste buds in the, in the sides, but it's, it's not as something you can always reach for. You know, the, the beauty of, of lager yeast is this, is when you have fermentation end, the yeast is still active and in suspension. So what happens is it acts like the cement to a beer. Because the yeast is ambient and in suspension for an extended period of time at cold conditions, it's not only during fermentation did it deliver with the a lack of phenolics or esters, but by having the yeast in the liquids in suspension, it subdues a lot of those sharp flavors that would otherwise come out in a very pronounced way um, as far as fusel alcohols and, and, and these types of alcohols that are created by ale fermentation. So I'm, I'm interested and I've been experimenting with it, uh, but you can't rush a lager and that's really what it just comes down to, bottom line truth. You, it, 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 you can't use biofine. You can't use diatomaceous earth. You've got to allow the yeast to settle. Or it just takes time. <laughs> and that's the challenge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a challenge. All right. Misconceptions, what are they? Ones that bother you the most? Well, I, I, there, as far as misconceptions from our patrons, I view those as opportunities. Because a lot of people it. come out and they say certain things. They have certain preconceived notions about beer styles. And... To have the opportunity to give them a few moments to reflect in the presence of a 2,100 square foot, 15 barrel brew house, and explain to them the beauty of what we're doing. You turn a lot of people that way. Yeah, Yeah. people start opening their minds and they say, hey, maybe I need to broaden my horizons a little bit. But I I tell you what is irksome, and that is the, the political climate behind craft brewers and big brewers. I'm not saying we all need to sing Kumbaya. It's a business. But why not start worrying less about everybody else and worrying more about yourself? I've come to find a lot of success in my career by becoming a minimalist. And I I detract from trying to make big, huge things. And I look at the individual um, malts and grains and hops and and the process itself that delivers so much joy to me personally on the factory floor. You know, and, and, and when I start thinking about those things, then what happens is it's no longer what everybody else's problem. It's it's all comes from within. And that's a true reflection and I think, of the beauty of beer. And I think you can you can certainly understand that when you try the beers that you have here. I've been to a lot of local breweries and you can just tell something's a little different. It's a little bit more uh, thought out. I call it the, du- uh, there's a couple things I call it. One is the double down. You know, I want people to say to themselves, wow, I can't believe I'm already on my fourth beer. <laughs> you know, have that, have that effect it. where, you know what, I could deliver 
authentic craft beer flavor that people truly appreciate. But I don't have to sacrifice the drinkability. Right. Why should we? It's, it, it, it becomes, to me, very personal because beer is uh, a lot like food. It's, it, a lot of people drink beer to sate their thirst. And, it, it, and that is a very raw emotion. And uh, if, you, if you always incorporate that emotion when you're trying to develop a recipe over a long period of time, what happens is uh, something different, you know? Uh, that's one of the joys of using the Lager yeast string and developing the beers that say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna grab your tongue with a lot of flavor, but we're just simply not gonna slap you across the face. Yeah, and bring you back for more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're only as good as our last beer served. Right. Um, all right, looking for pairings. The grouper right. you really like, what would you pair? If you don't there would have be two or... beers on my mind. Uh, one would be the uh, the Waterworks Pale Lager. That's a great go-to beer for any seafood item on 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 our menu at Ulele. Another would be the uh, Magby's Honey Lager. A lot of times when you have dishes like that, the uh, honey, which although it's completely fermented out of the beer, the presence of the florals, the aromatics, the light flavor of the honey, it tends to just bring something out. And it does well with the flavor, because like when we try it inside, um, you know, a lot of honey lagers in general, are just, you, you can feel this honey. It's almost a weight on your tongue. And, yeah. Um, and that is just a very drinkable, for a honey beer, I was, I mean, uh, I'm very impressed. That was a very, that was probably my most challenging beer. It yeah. has taken me very, very many years to develop. Because, well, frankly, uh, CO2 creation during fermentation tends to scrub out a lot of the flavor. So uh, we had to immediately source local honey, which produces a superior aromatic. Yeah, yeah well, it's a fantastic product. Thanks. Um, and I, I heard, overheard you talking about, you know, the uh, charbroiled oysters with the honey lager. What about a half shell? Well, you, you could start off with the Ulele Light. Here's, a, here's our best-selling beer. Award-winning, state of Florida, premium American lager, cold fermented, floral and spicy German noble hops, German malts, uh, finishing with a light and clean grain finish. That's what I can see with that, with the saltiness of those oysters, you know, just kind of cuts right through that and just leaves you refreshed almost. It it would tend to um, lightly cleanse the palate instead of coming up with a firm backbone or, or replacing it with that ipa you know uh, that that piney that that real floral citrus though I, I think it's a fantastic suggestion yeah the whole idea would be to drink more yeah right it keeps <laughs> coming back it's like peanuts at a bar yeah um how about fried quail country fried quail that's interesting just because of the way it's prepared one of my absolute favorite appetizers on our menu it is the uh, one item it's, that is just a go-to item for me. I haven't had it yet. It's so pleasant. <laughs> it's so it's so delicate yet sumptuous and delicious. It's a wonderfully prepared appetizer. Chef Eric is a genius. That's all I can say. I would uh, say that the way that is designed with the mustard sauce and the and the leaves on it. Uh, Match it with either the Honey Lager or the Rusty's Red. These are two beers that would um, embrace the mustard seeds in a symphony right. instead of clashing. 
because you really want to bring the natural flavor of the quail to the forefront, but it's difficult to do because it is such a light, delicate meat. But this would allow uh, allow all those elements to come together, especially with the I would think with the honey lager, filet mignon. Without a doubt, the filet mignon is is that's my favorite cut of meat. My wife's too. <laughs> a wet aged Strickland Ranch, fresh from Florida product that has been uh, sourced with the spent grain from the brewing process from right here at Ulele Spring Brewery. I I, I would. Absolutely, say the Rusty's Red would be my number one choice. You gotta. <clears throat> the cool thing about Rusty's Red is you got 40 IBUs in the beer, so it's a it's a gripping hop beer, and it comes up right up front to you, and then it it, it, it rolls into a little bit of citrus. It the citrus melts into a little bit of caramel. And then you swallow it, and you think, wow, that's it. But no, that's not it. Four or five seconds after you swallow that beer, you've got just a the ever so slightest kiss of roasted chocolate. And that was the key. Is the la at the end. Brings that after, grilled flavor. It brings it all right back together. You, oh. it just, uh, you, you've got char-grilled, uh, uh, a steak of the highest quality, and it just melts in your mouth. You could literally cut it with a butter knife, and and then you factor in the Rusty's Red, just bringing it all down, and and at the end of it all, you've got fresh char-grilled uh, steak with a light little roasted chocolate kiss, and it's just a wonderful. Yeah, that's matching. incredible. That sounds wonderful. Mm. All right, frog legs. <laughs> you gotta ask about the frog legs. Frog legs, uh, you know, uh, that has always been a. First of all, they're they're delicious. I haven't had them either, but man, yeah, I want to. <laughs> they're delicious, and and true to our native inspired uh, food and spirits Homegrown. menu, uh, we thought we'd deliver those to the table. And it is a fine delicacy when prepared properly. And again, I go back to my chef Eric Lackey, our chef, being so talented. I would say that you could encourage a lot of flavor out of the frog leg appetizer with the wedding beer. You've got a, uh, a natural infusion of a blend of berries into a cold fermented German lager. This is a great matching, not just for the frog legs, but for dessert too. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah the, when you get any of that, that kind of um, that fruity uh, notes to it, you know, it complements dessert well. But I could see it with the frog legs, too, mm -hmm. because you think lemon juice or something else that's kind of going to have a little bit of a, not a strong flavor, but something's going to point out to you there. So I think that wedding beer with that, that fruity note will kind of come in there and make a nice, uh, nice combination. I like to think of it as uh, a tasting path instead of a tasting collision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to walk hand in hand. It has to. Yeah. It has yeah. to. Um, let's just see the last one here. Roasted beets and poached pear salad. Mm -mm. The, the sauces on that salad just really are absolutely astounding. Um, you, your, your expectation is one thing, and then when it comes to the table, you're just completely blown away. Yeah. How could you take all these simple components and put together something so beautiful? I would say that... Give me a moment. <laughs> Take your time. I'm just reading the ingredients. Blackberry honey, uh, toasted almonds, 
charred with an onion. I mean, there's a lot in that. Again, back to another. I'm sounding like a broken record. <laughs> honey lager. Honey lager would do justice to that that particular dish because of the nature of the combination of the sauces. The fruits in the sauces would work well with the honey. And the, the beets are sweet. Yeah. Well, the po- and the, and the pear is going to have that little, not a roasty flavor, but it, it's reminiscent of that because it kind of like, um, and again, I haven't had it, but I can just imagine that it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some of those same characters. Like you ever uh, reduce a sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like balsamic. And you add something to the sauce and it brings it out a little bit. Yeah. The, I think with, with the honey lager, with that particular dish, it's there's some very concentrated flavors. And because the honey is all fermented out, yet the flavor of the still honey there, still right. remains, you reintroduce sweetness to the palate. Yeah, it's, it's an insanely drinkable beer. That really yeah. is. I could chug it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I want to do more. I feel like we could sit here and chat for hours. We could. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers.